Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. thank our listeners. If you enjoy our show, please write us a review. Also, share it with a friend. This episode is supported by Being the First One Up in the Morning. Tonight, we'll be reading Charles Darwin's The Voyage of the Beagle. The title most commonly given to the book published in 1839 as his Journal and Remarks, bringing him considerable fame and respect. The book is a vivid travel memoir as detailed as a scientific field journal, covering biology, geology, and anthropology that demonstrates Darwin's keen powers of observation. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. Now, take a few deep breaths. Chapter 1. St. Iago, Cape de Verde Islands After having been twice driven back by heavy southwestern gales, Her Majesty's ship Beagle, a ten-gun brig, under the command of Captain Fitzroy, sailed from Devonport on the 27th of December, 1831. The object of the expedition was to complete the survey of Patagonia and Tierra del Fuego, commenced under Captain King 
in 1826 to 1830 to survey the shores of Chile, Peru, and of some islands in the Pacific, and to carry a chain of chronometrical instruments round the world. On the 6th of January, we reached Tenerife, but were prevented landing by fears of our bringing the cholera. The next morning, we saw the sunrise behind the rugged outline of the Grand Canary Island and suddenly illuminate the peak of Tenerife, whilst the lower parts were veiled in fleecy clouds. This was the first of many delightful days never to be forgotten. On the 16th of January, 1832, we anchored at Porto Praia in St. Iago, the chief island of the Cape de Verde archipelago. The neighborhood of Porto Praia, viewed from the sea, wears a desolate aspect. The volcanic fires of a past age and the scorching heat of a tropical sun have in most places rendered the soil unfit for vegetation. The country rises in successive steps of tableland, interspersed with some truncate conical hills, and the horizon is bounded by an irregular chain of more lofty mountains. The scene, as beheld through the hazy atmosphere of this climate, is one of great interest. If, indeed, a person fresh from sea who had just walked for the first time in a grove of coconut trees can be a judge of anything but his own happiness. The island would generally be considered as very uninteresting, but to anyone accustomed only to an English landscape, the novel aspect of an utterly sterile land possesses a grandeur which more vegetation might spoil. A single green leaf can scarcely be discovered over wide tracts of the lava plains. Yet flocks of goats, together with a few cows, contrive to exist. It rains very seldom, but during a short portion of the year, heavy torrents fall, and immediately afterwards, a light vegetation springs out of every crevice. This soon withers, and upon such naturally formed hay the animals live. It had not now rained for an entire year. When the island was discovered, the immediate neighborhood of Porto Praia was clothed with trees, eleven the reckless destruction of which has caused here, as at St. Helena, and at some of the Canary Islands almost entire sterility. The broad, flat-bottomed valleys, many of which serve during a few days, only in the season as watercourses, are clothed with thickets.